When I was a little girl, I had a lot of faith. I was the girl who prayed every day in the lunch cafeteria at school. Not out loud, God. Just a joint at the hands on the top of my lap. I'd squeeze as hard as my palms could and thanked a man I've never known for allowing me to eat. For as long as I can remember, I've had to prove to someone that I was good enough. Malcriada Productions would like to offer a warning of graphic content ahead. Please check in with yourselves and enjoy the show. Thank you. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Malcriada, Thoughts of a Girl in a Sick World. And what a sick, sick world it is. This is your host, Zadria Knives, here to talk to you about all things femme, fair, and feared. Thank you so much for being here. Today we're going to be talking about religious trauma and brujería. At the end of the episode, I have a phone call with my mom where she's talking about her grandma who practically raised her and she used to be a witch. She was a bruja, she was a nurse, she did a lot of things in her life and I hope you guys tune into that because I really find it really fascinating Um, and I don't know, I feel like kind of a lineage of you know, brujitas and shit, so my mamas are always, like, I don't know, moms are always, to me at least, my mom, people would always call her a witch, a bruja, like, my family, like, my grandma would be, like, if she would guess something, my grandma would be, like, oh, you're a witch, whatever, whatever, my dad, like, she would predict stuff to my dad, she'd be, like, this is gonna happen, if you do this, this is gonna happen, and he was, like, whatever, whatever, like, you're full of shit, and that same thing ended up happening, and, uh, yeah like we chalk it up to the same like oh haha it was coincidence it was whatever but no like my mom has like i generally think she has this sort of knowledge that only one only moms can have and only a person who has been conditioned in the way women have been conditioned can have if that makes sense and yeah i'm gonna talk about my experience with brujeria um my everything yeah I grew up religious. I was very religious as a child. Both my parents were religious in different ways. Um, My mom would always, if she learned something new, she adapted, right? Um, My dad was raised Catholic, diehard Catholic. Oh, well, up until recently, things have changed just a little bit, but that is basically the me setting the the tone for my yummy, yummy childhood full of happiness and joy. Yeah, I went to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school in Nuevo Laredo. And the nuns were always, like, trying to blame something on me. And I think now it's because I don't think they liked my mom. <laughs> I'll explain. Um, In a bit, in a bit, I'll explain. They were so strict. They had a very strict dress code that didn't just apply to the uniform. It applied to the way you have your 
fingers cut, the way your hair is, um, etc, etc. And it's just, it was just so weird. It was also very strict and, um, yeah, it was just a very awful place. Um, like, I hate the way schools treat children and... Um, this is just like in every school, I feel like, but especially when one is, one is like Catholic or one has like a religion put into it because they're like, yeah. And this goes for both like Catholic schools, like Mexico and the U.S., like fucking crazy. All schools, all schools are very, very insane. Um, but yeah, like the nuns were, I don't know, they had like, they had it out for me because one, I kind of like missed a lot of school. I was out of school and I was, I guess, too loud or a troublemaker. I don't know. Like, they would put me into the principal's office for the dumbest reasons and would, like, blame all the stuff on me. That wasn't my fault. Um, but the reason my, the nuns didn't like my mom was because she would say, like, no, I don't believe, I'm not Catholic. I don't believe in the Virgin Mary. Like, they're at school for the nuns. And she would have them, like, <gasps> going like that. It was so funny. And she'd be, like, cackling, like, oh, my God, slay. <laughs> Queen, she ain't, no. No, but, yeah, this was, like, uh, the relationship I kind of knew between my mom and my dad. Like, she was always, like, kind of not going against him, but, like, she just didn't agree with a lot of the things he agreed on. And one of the things was, like, she wanted to express um, her own religion, her own freedom of expression, and she didn't believe in the Catholic stuff. She was, like, this makes no sense, like, just to, this generally makes no sense i'm not gonna say i believe in it yeah you're the uh, father and you can put them in whatever school they want to that you want to but you can't change me she was very rebellious like that and i really liked that about her and my dad was always just like oh catholicism is just that's what i was taught that's what i want to teach my children whatever but he didn't really teach us he just was like i'll pay someone to do it and honestly i don't know what the fuck that was <laughs> um i wasn't there for long because I moved to well I immigrated with my family I believe at six and I was thrown into public American school and it was awful got bullied all that shit and now I'm here throughout that time I thought about religion up until now it's such a it's been such a big part of my life and not in a positive way in a way that I wish it never was. And when I went to school, when I educated myself, when I learned my history, when I learned everything, oh, I learned that, oh, the only reason people, so many Latinos and Latinas, Latina folk are Catholic, Christian, um, whatever, like a Christ-based religion is because of colonization. And it's so, an assimilation. And if you aren't, catholic then we're going to fucking kill you and take your and grape your wife and children and shit so i understand uh i don't blame my parents because well they didn't know any better and you can't really blame someone for not knowing any better after i told them everything then that's different right yeah i'm kidding <laughs> no we're on the healing journey um things are good but fuck dude like i'm so traumatized and it's not even cute or funny or quirky because i i just have this you know it's just in my head 
it's just in my head and it's weird like people are like oh stop replaying that stuff in your head um you're doing it to yourself like no like it lives in my head i'm i wake up in the morning and i don't pray anymore i used to wake up and be like oh thank you lord thank you. not in english um in spanish i'd be like oh gracias señor por dejarme abrir mis ojos una vez más this and this and that and because that's how my mom would pray so i would pray like my mom and so i would pray in the morning right before i woke up right before i ate um randomly and right before i went to sleep like on my knees praying and i'm not saying like fuck you god for never answering my prayers it's just like oh he doesn't exist okay okay that makes more sense thank you and it's hard it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to um get out of that and not feel guilty because i was told like i was a little kid and i was like oh if you do this you're gonna go to hell and i always felt so guilty every time i was in a church something just felt off it didn't feel good i felt judged i'd always thought this was a thought in my head oh they're gonna find me out i have to act good i have to prove myself i have to prove that i am good and i do deserve heaven i do deserve a good life i do deserve to be happy i do deserve everything and as i grew up um i quickly realized that that's not how it works for everyone it only works for a certain type of people and if you're not that then fuck you you're going to hell metaphorical hell not real hell because again it doesn't exist um i wish i could say i apologize for anyone who believes in these kinds of things but and if it works for you it works for you and that's that's great for you but i will not apologize for this belief that i have that is that no religion created by man can be of any good and i'm not just talking about um man in the sense of a male human being i'm talking about any human being that's why brujería interests me a lot because brujas don't say that oh like i have this power only i could do that only god could do you can only do this you're working with what's already there you're working with nature with your intuition with your mind instead of trying to suppress all your quote-unquote sinful urges and i love that uh i was always attracted to that and i always wondered why and then my mom i would ask my mom questions about her and her life and mom like por qué papá te dice bruja like qué haces por qué te dice así i was like oh she'd be like oh mija yo no soy bruja pero sabes quién era tu bisabuelita and she would tell me stories about my great grandma and i just feel really connected to her because well she's the one that chose my name um and i don't know like it's just a really nice connection and i've never experienced that before usually i think oh well all the members of my family are shitty like oh they're probably this probably that they probably already did this and they do like i hear all the dumb shit that they do like uncles um it's mostly uncles <laughs> uncles mostly the men and the thing with the women is that they're mostly like they're apologists and their biggest supporters it's like oh this man is a fucking abuser and he abuses his kids and he abuses his wife but the wife is not saying anything so it must be fine right okay 
and if the children are saying that there anything is else is wrong then they're lying because obviously the wife is is fine she wouldn't stay there if she wouldn't stay there if she wasn't being abused or whatever and these are the people that go to church these are the people who pound on the bible these are the people who judge other people for not being married for not having kids for not being a quote-unquote good wife for not being a quote-unquote good husband no not even like because men don't get told they're a bad husband ever because when you're an abuser you get defended when you were a good husband you get defended and loved when you were a bad husband you get excused and still loved and still people ask for forgiveness on your behalf to your wife it's weird it's so weird it's so fucking weird and this is the this is what churches are filled with i understand that not everyone is a fucking horrible human being but guess what i feel like if you're not a horrible human being in a church it's because you yourself just aren't a bad person <laughs> not because the organization and the ideals that this organization teaches are any good when i was a little girl I think I logicked my way out of being a quote-unquote believer and it was awful it was awful seeing like that rejection from my mom thankfully we worked out through it and she learned and grew and I'm happy for her um but I'm still dealing with it now that I have my own place now that I'm I'm separated from my family and I'm able to process trauma um honestly and just actually think like oh what the fuck happened <laughs> and the thing is like okay here these are these are the religions that i've gone through guys <laughs> i have i was raised a catholic catholic school we know this okay then i was an evangelical christian because my mom like that's the church we would go to when we moved to the u.s um then she started talking to a jehovah's witness and but you know what here's the thing here's something i noticed with my mom uh, my parents relationship was very toxic much like a lot of immigrant uh, children's parents but yeah it was very toxic very abusive etc in every sense and one of the senses was religion my dad wanted to establish a catholic household and my mom didn't because she didn't believe in that so he she would have to pursue her own religion in secret and well she can't just go to church by herself right and leave all the kids so what she what would she do she would take us she would take us to the evangelical christian churches which were huge they were fucking huge dude and i actually was like oh my god i should totally dance and join the dance club when i when i'm older i was like a little kid <laughs> they were huge and scary always dark it looked like a big movie theater people were just crying on the floor anyways um then it was jehovah's witness and because my parents uh relationship was so unstable my mom was not happy my mom did not have a community my mom was a victim my mom was my mom was alone and as a woman you as a woman with a very narcissistic misogynistic machista as husband 
you can't have friends. You cannot have friends. All your friends are annoying. All your friends are conspiring against me. So you cannot have friends. Boom. Okay, I can't have friends. He got to have friends. He got to have a community. He got to meet other people. He got to have a whole ass life outside of the family. And my mom didn't. My mom didn't. She couldn't leave the house. She had kids to take care of. That would drive someone crazy. So of course, now I understand. Of course, she's going to seek out religion. And the thing is, she did this. She did this behind my dad's back and they would have so much fights about it. Like you're brainwashing the kids, whatever, whatever, whatever. My mom had this have some flaws because like in any religion that we be- if she believed, she was like, OK, now you're going to learn this. You know what I mean? And um, it was just really vexing and scary because like I would have to just I would just randomly have new tutors now. Like, you know, I had tutors to teach me Bible stuff and I didn't even know what the I didn't even know what religion we were doing. You know what I mean? What we were thinking about. It was the same thing if it wasn't. Who are these people? Why are they telling me that there's a man in the in the sky telling like watching my every move? I remember one of the stories that they shared was when I don't know who it was. Was it Abraham? One of those motherfuckers where God asked one of the prophets or whatever to kill, take your son to the top of the mountain or whatever and kill him. And so the son, the dude, he did it. He went up. He was like, let's go, son. And he tied him up and he was like right about to fucking do it. He was right about to do it. And then God was like, wait no stop you've proven your loyalty to me as a servant i was like dude what the fuck why is it okay for him because we can't see him hear him or feel him to say to do that kind of things why do why would i want to be devoted to someone who says hey kill your kid for me and you know what my mom would say she'd be like no see like so i would do that i'm like i would ask her like mom you're not gonna do that to me right and she'd be like of course I have to do that. Like, of course. It's a proof of God. God before my children. And I have to trust God. See how God didn't have him kill him? He just said it. Or maybe he could have brought you back. He's God. To a kid. Imagine how that sounds like. This made me feel like I had to always constantly win the approval of my parents and win the love of my parents. Sometimes in competition to God. I wanted to be loved like God. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, so I logic the fuck out of that. I logic my way out of that shit. I was like, okay, I grew up. I think it was around middle school where I was like, mom, I'm not going to the congregation with you anymore. I am sorry. And she would be crying and all this stuff and she'd be like why what are you doing all this stuff yada 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 and i'd be like i just don't like it i don't believe it it makes me feel weird i don't want to go it doesn't feel right to me and also they were dicks to me they were such dicks to me dude we were dancing we were we made a little dance to we made a little dance to, I think it was Willow Willow Smith's song, 
the I wave my hair back and forth. It was one of those. It was one of those like fun little it was just little girls dancing we're like oh it's someone's birthday or it's a party let's perform whatever so we did a little choreography and then we started dancing and then they cut off our music they were like that's too sexual and they're like you're not gonna perform and they kicked us out and i was like what the fuck like i was a little kid why are you sexualizing me i am i at the time i was in elementary <sighs> and it just feels awful and it's not just that it's like it was the policing of my body at church and it was a policing of my body in my own home like i knew i had no privacy all right a little a little learning moment right now all right so girls anyone with a vagina if you have a vagina listen up so if you are going through puberty your body's gonna change your body's gonna do a lot of weird things that you're like um what the heck that felt weird i know it's it's crazy but when i was a flowering child and i was blossoming into a, a baddie a sexy latina body i learned that this thing comes out of your vagina and it's called discharge yay um and it's completely normal it's a little like uh substance that comes out of your uh, vagina and it's basically the vagina cleaning itself and you could tell a lot from it um i would look up like the consistencies and what they tell you if you're a little confused if you know what it is if you don't know what it is but it's basically that and my mom didn't know what discharge was <laughs> my mom didn't know what discharge was and she would obviously she would do my laundry as a, as a child and i was like 11 or so when i got my period when i started like the puberty process or whatever so she would get my underwear and she would see that there was discharge on it now she thought that that was like wetness or like she thought like I was horny. And she was like, yes, andas bien calenturienta con tu, esa cosa en tus, en tus, en tus chones. Yo ya te vi. No andes haciendo cosas. Like, That's how I was taught. That's how sex was introduced to me. Like, don't do it. Don't be gross. Don't be a slut. My body was just doing its natural thing. My body was cleaning itself. Making sure it was clean and, and I didn't get any bacteria or an infection. On one of the most absorbent parts of uh, the female body. And that's how it was. Like, that's, that's the effect. That's what I saw. That's what I thought was the effect of uh, Christ-based religions, man-made religions. It was just to police and control not only women, but the world. Now, I say, fuck that shit. And I'm a fucking bruja. I'm a fucking witch. And how did that start? I started with, obviously, everyone starts off with crystals, um, candles, cinnamon, intentions, and that's basically what it is. That's what witchcraft is. There's many variants of it. Um, this type of like belief has been appropriated, changed, interpreted in different ways. But when I just say brujería, witchcraft, um, yeah, I just think of tarot. I think of 
uh, shadow work. I think of wishes. I think of manifestations, um, moon rituals, and it's just you putting your intention with nature. That's it. That's all there is. No, we don't. I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe in God. I don't think that that is a good way to think about it. And when you think about it, that's so binary. Like the fact that you like the idea that there's only good and evil and that's not true. And I feel like that's always the case with capitalism, white supremacy, sexism, classism, all that bullshit, racism. It's always so binary. This is good. This is bad. Women are good. Um, no, men are good. Women are bad. Poor people are bad. Rich people are good. Uh, BIPOC are bad. White people are good. That's all there is. That is the binary. And when you step out of it, your whole world opens and you can interact with people and live in such a different way. In a way that you're not tied down. In a way that you think, oh, it's okay. I'm not scared of living anymore. I'm not scared that I'm under a... Uh, a glass where people are looking at me if I sin if I don't what I do judgment 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 fuck that fuck you I don't give a fuck fuck that Ugh. okay sorry for that one but yeah and I think that it's a beautiful way to just ground myself and I think that that's fucking cool <laughs> that's pretty much it that's the episode you guys like okay but i must say this because of all these systems these horrible cruel evil systems that have been placed upon us it's very hard to get out of this mindset to get out of the matrix if you will and it's hard because that's all there is that's the system that's how it's set up already and for it to for everyone to for us to transition as a society as a civilization to another type of government another type of society we first need to unlearn all the bullshit we learn and sometimes that's not easy fuck it's not easy at all either you have to learn through trauma through abuse like most activists do most activists do they fucking gone through the fucking worst shit ever or you learn through someone who already went through that and already knows better. And the thing is, it's very, it's, <laughs> this is the thing that fucking pisses me the most out of everything. The people who are going to be consuming the content, the type of content where um, amazing creators are pushing like content about how to deconstruct your misogyny, your racism, your white supremacy, all that fucking bullshit, like I said before. There are people pushing this kind of talk content and trying to get the word out there um, in a cheap, effective way, in a cheap, effective, fast way that'll get to a lot of ears fast. But guess what? All the algorithm already just goes with along with what you already like. So all the people who actually need to hear this stuff aren't going to hear it. And though it could be accessible to a lot of people, many people might not even see it because they don't even have the time to be on TikTok. Maybe they don't know how to work a phone. Shit, maybe they don't even have a phone. I just want to make sure that it doesn't sound like I'm blaming the people for being ignorant, but more the fact that the people who are in charge of the systems are just making it 
completely impossible for all the citizens of the world to literally unite and be like, um, what the fuck? Why are we paying to drink water? You know, you know. I like to think that witchcraft is one of my ways of rebellion. Yeah, maybe I can't control what people think. I can't control and make people treat each other with kindness and respect. I cannot do that because I'm one person. But witchcraft helps me feel more connected to everyone regardless of the state of the world. And at the same time, it's a weapon against it. Because you mentioned witchcraft in like a space where it's kind of like taboo people are scared like i don't know i think that's has has to have some power right but yeah so i'm gonna play the recording i have of my mom talking about my great grandma and her crazy crazy life story um i hope you enjoy it as much as i love hearing it every time uh she's told me this story lots of times but I love hearing about it because I just think, wow, like, that woman, Socorro Huitron, was so strong. I just wish that she got to live a life where she didn't have to be strong all the time. I think we have that in common. Alright, I hope you guys enjoy this recording and in memory of my great-grandma. And I'll see you guys at the end of it. Yo le creía todo, yo le creía todo lo que ella, ella me decía, ella me decía que ella salía a las, a las de noche, se, se juntaban a hacer rituales y me traía lunetas, googleas lunetas. Ella tenía como un bol de cristal y me decía, ten, mi amiga, apúntalo, tucutúa, porque era la bruja tucutúa. <risa> Luego puedes googlear el nombre a ver qué, qué tiene decía que era la bruja que ella le daba dulces para mí, oh, pero eran lunetas de colores y los dulces siempre están muy relacionados con la brujería, no sé si lo sabes. Y ella decía que, que salían de noche a volar y a hacer sus ritos y en la mañana me decía, anoche estuve con mi amiga la bruja Tucutúa y te mandó estos dulces y me daba un bol de, de cristal Chiquito con lunetas mexicanas. Son como un emanente. ¿Lo conoces, no? Las lunetas. Es un chocolate plano, como una luna plana. Ajá. ajá, ajá. Forrado de, de dulce, como el emanente, de colores. Y este y la brujería está muy relacionada con los colores, porque usan los colores para cada cosa. Y así te decía el futuro. Ella sí te decía el futuro, a nosotros la familia nos los dijo, a mí me lo dijo culero, así culero gacho va, o sea, así tal cual mi vida, pero yo creo que eso es este, que no debe, yo a mi persona pienso que en uno no debe de creer eso porque se, pues, sí. está escrito ahí y tú lo puedes cambiar y es lo malo, ¿sí? se predispone uno bastante. A ella no le gustaba ver sufrir a la gente y hacía muchos remedios, mucha hierba, Buenos y malos, porque venían las mujeres, mi marido me golpeó, y estoy embarazada. Y hervía a ella a monedas de cobre, y se los daba a las mujeres, y ahí mismo en unas horas abortaban. La buscaban mucho por eso, porque como ella había sufrido mucho, y ella no, no le gustaba ver que golpearan a las mujeres, ella decía, aborta, si tú quieres abortar, aborta. Y nunca cobraba. Tenía el don de la profecía, dicen, dicen ahora que he visto, 
que todos lo tenemos. Unos lo tienen más desarrollado. Y la gente profecía lo que está en la Biblia. No, yo te... Yo soñé que tú ibas a tener una niña. Yo le dije, por decir, por ejemplo, a Kimberly, Kimberly va a estar embarazada y va a tener una niña. Y ya, y luego se ríe la abuela cuando pasa y nada más me dice, bruja, ave de mal abuelo. Pero no <risas> se sientan a, oye, ¿cómo es que lo supo? O sea, a veces piensan que muchas lo dicen por hablar y mucha gente lo tiene más desarrollado que otros. Pero eso sí tenía. Ella te leía la mano, te leía las cartas, el don de la buena cocina. Dicen que una bruja siempre sabe cocinar rico, quién sabe, pero mi abuela cocinaba delicioso. Uh, curar, la bruja siempre tiende a curar sin cobrar nada. Ella siempre tenía lleno, me inyecta si tenía medicamento para gente, atendía a gente con sida, fue la única que atendió a, a dos, una pareja gay que murió de sida, los atendía, los cuidaba, los alimentaba, porque decía abuela ignorante, eso no se pega, que este que el otro, los cuidó. No era, ella no discriminaba a nadie. Ella decía que siempre tenías que dar de comer al que viniera a tu casa a pedirte, o a, a pedirte agua, a esos desconocidos que venían viajeros, que porque eran esas almas. Ella sabía que estaban a, atadas aquí en un plano, y que ella los podía, ella decía que ella podía ver cuando eran personas o cuando solo eran almas. Oh, wow. y, y siempre les daba, pero cuando se, más se aseguraba cuando ella iba a agarrar agua y no podía, y se iban, no le reciban, regresaba, decía que esas almas no pueden tomar agua. Están en un plano donde no pueden tomar, comer. Nada más van y piden, pero no pueden. Y ella decía, ese era un ánima en pena. Me vino a pedir, pero no me, no me recibió. Dijo, porque no puede tomar. Y ella podía verlo, porque hay gente que tiene despierto eso. Y mucha gente no cree. Nacen con esa parte que según todos la tenemos, pero que unos la desarrollan naturalmente. Ver entidades que no están en este plano, uh -huh. que aparentan estar. Ella no sabe cuándo nació, no sabe de qué edad tenía. No sabemos de qué edad murió porque nunca supo qué edad tenía ella. Oh my God. Porque la regalaron y no le dieron nada, ni fecha, ni cuándo, nada. No sabe realmente, más o menos porque la regalaron de bebé, pero ella no sabe qué fecha nació, no sabe. A ella la registraron algún día y, y eso le pusieron sus, sus padres adoptivos, muy locos, católicos, excesivos, uh -huh. que los llevaban a las 6 de la mañana a la misa, a las 12 de la mañana de la misa, a las 6 de la tarde a la misa, tres veces al día los llevaban a la misa. Y este... Y eran personas súper, súper católicas, súper castigadoras. La encerraron en sus dos embarazos en un sótano. Porque se, se enamoró de, de un muchacho que le rentaba un, un, un departamento, un cuartito. Y como ella era la que cobraba la renta, salió embarazada y la encerró su mamá. Todo el tiempo que... Cuando se enteró que tenía panza y que estaba embarazada, la encerró. Y hizo que las niñas fueron dos embarazos no las registrara ella, las registraban como su hermana. Mm. Y ella ya le gustaba mucho, ya miraba, miraba cosas sobrenaturales y cuando se fue, ella escribió a una revista buscando novio, encontró novio, porque así se hacía, y el hombre le engañó mandando una foto de jovencito y era un viejo. Y como ya no tenía salida para regresar otra vez a la casa de sus padres, se quedó con el viejo, abusivo, maltratador, pero 
su esposo, ese viejo, lo, luego lo, curo, lo, lo cuidó en su vejez porque en una draga, que son los barcos que sacan la sal del mar, él trabajaba para esa compañía, en un ciclón le partió las piernas, un fierro. Entonces, ellas en sus últimos años de vejez de él, le cuidó de una invalidez, y así inválido, lo tenía que atender y le insultaba, y este eres una gorda, que anda, o sea, le insultaba. Y a veces no entiendo... Yo no entiendo porque era muy grosera y fuerte, pero entiendo que como no tenía un punto de, de que la quisieran ni sus papás ni nadie, entonces ahí uno se queda, ¿me entiendes? Uh -huh. Porque no tiene un estándar de respeto, ni de felicidad, ni de autoestima. Y ella llegó a meterse con un hombre y salió embarazada y el, y el hombre estaba, pues ¿cómo voy a estar embarazada si mi marido está inválido, si es un loco y ahí? Uh -huh. Entonces, como era gorda, no se dieron cuenta que estaba embarazada y al nacer el bebé, lo mató. Al nacer ella misma se hizo el... Nació y se lo sacó y todo. Lo mató. ¿Eh? Por, porque tú no mereces querer a alguien. Porque no mereces tener un hijo de otra persona. Porque, porque va, es una puta que me engañaste. ¿Me entiendes? Okay. O sea, llegó a hacer cosas muy atroces por no darle validez a lo que ella sentía. Oye, estás inválido, eres un loco, me golpeas toda la vida, eres un viejo. Sí, pues sí te cuido, sea... pero yo me enamoré de otra persona y me salí embarazada. Pero no, prefirió callo porque me van a insultar, me van a valver, me sí, todo, todo, todo. Pero ella ya había estudiado, porque estudió, puedes googlear, en el Colegio Minerva de San Luis Potosí, súper católico. Mm. Ella estudió enfermería. An tanta poca cultura, ella no se sentía en, en donde debería estar, porque ella hablaba, te hablaba de la hipófisis, de la glándula pineal, de que si tienes la teroides, la glándula renal, y conmigo hablaba esos términos siempre. Y yo aprendí con ella. Yo de chiquita sabía, si, ter si termina la medicina en pan, como diazepam, no pan, ese es un psicotrópico. Eso te se lo dan a los locos, eso se lo dan a los que les duele mucho. Pues, si termina en tamina, sodinea, ine, ese es para la nariz, para, el, para la tos, para los bronquios, para las alergias. Si, o sea, ella me, me enseñaba, platicaba conmigo cosas de posfijos de la medicina, y le gustaba que me gustaba. Pero ella tenía, para estar hablando con gente muy educada, ¿me entiendes? En las prácticas de enfermería, dice que iba a los hospitales y veía a la muerte, al espíritu que es la muerte como una mujer, cuando ya venía por la, por los, por la gente que se iba a morir. Y ella ya, ya la veía, sabía que se iban a morir esas personas. Entonces, en el hospital se le desarrolló eso de ver a la muerte. O cuando, cuando estaban sufriendo los... Así como en la película de Ghost, la sombra del amor, dice que podía ver así, cómo se estaban llevando los espíritus oscuros. Todo eso ella me contaba, ella me contaba que existían las sirenas, que todas esas cosas que son espíritus, lo que ahora nosotros nos dicen extraterrestres, no, son, son seres que existen aquí de todo el tiempo, pero unos no los ven. Y otros se los ven. Bueno, mi abuelita podía hablar con los, no, los chaneques y hugoleas en México, los mexicanos. A, a esos espíritus chaneques son enanitos. Conviven con nosotros, pero no toda la gente los puede ver. Ella siempre platicaba, hablaba muy sabio, muy sabio. Y luego yo le decía, caminábamos por la playa y le decía, abuelita, ¿por qué estás triste? Y decía, no estoy triste, simplemente que... Yo nací, yo siento que nací de una burbuja de, de cristal. O sea, ella tenía mucha pena por no saber quién era su mamá, su papá. Entonces, 
no sabe sus orígenes, no sabe nada ¿sí? de qué de qué nacionalidad, de qué ancestros, no sabe nada y eso la eso la tenía siempre así como que no valía nada. Por eso ella, cuando de la historia que yo tengo a mi abuela, nunca la vi. Si yo no la bañaba, no se bañaba, no se cambiaba. Nunca le vi unos zapatos, siempre usaba chanclas. Tenía un estándar de amarse más bajo. Yo lo tengo súper alto, o sea, bajo, que yo no merezco comer. Nada más la mía las cazuelas, o sea, vivía en tristeza y así siempre la veías con sus ojitos llorosos y enojada, insultando para aparentar otra cosa que no era, ¿me entiendes? Uh -huh. Ahora lo sé, grosera y te defiende, defiéndete porque yo no te voy a defender y, y ante los hombres y ante las mujeres y ante quien sea, um, así, pero muy triste, muy triste siempre ella, muy triste y... Muy inteligente, ella no le gustaba. Sí, era chismosa y todo lo que quieras, pero ella no se sentía en el lugar de, de tanta ignorancia. Y sabía inglés y se burlaba de la, de la gente que quería venir a poner un idioma. Ella me escribía con una letra hermosa. Me traes un culé, o sea, así escribía así, y ella decía culá de ella. Abuelita, no se dice así, yo soy mexicana y lo leo como... Lo leo como está escrito, no como se pronuncia. Pero nomás por llevar la contraria, lo sabía escribir bien. Yo le dije, ¿vas a odiar a mis hijas porque son gringas? No, a tus hijas no. Pero odiaba mucho a esa gente que se venía acá también. Que, que, ay, que los gringos, que voy a casarme con un americano, con un italiano. No era muy patriota. Hacía felices. Había una retrasada mental que se llamaba Lourdes. Y mi abuelita le hacía la vida feliz. Ella salía a caminar a veces. Y ya vine, doña Socorro, mi abuelita con el vocabulario, una fluidez para hablar. Yo me quedo corto. Lourdes, ¿por qué llegaste hasta ahorita? Hace rato vino tu novio. Te trajo un rey. ¿De veras? Sí, es que ya se quiere casar contigo. Adivina lo que me dejó. Mi abuelita tenía un anillo, un rubí, un anillo de oro barato, pero tenía una piedrita rubí. Lo tenía guardado. ¿Quién sabe quién se lo habrá dado ahí? Y le dijo, mira lo que me dejó. Y me ahorita se lo dio, se lo puso. Esa mujer fue tan feliz. ¡Ah! Doña Socorro. Y hasta mi abuelita le inventó un nombre, o Francisco, lo que sea. Es que viene aquí, no tengo... No ves que aquí tu papá no va a saber qué estás. Esa mujer se quedaba ahí como dos horas platicando. Y mi abuelita le construía castillos en el aire. ¿Y cómo le vas a hacer? Yo te voy a, yo te voy a hacer tu vestido, vas a ver. Yo te voy a regalar. Yo voy a ser tu madrina. Sí, socorrito, sí, sí, sí. Era muy buena con la gente. Demasiado buena. I hope you guys enjoyed that little story about my great grandma. Yeah, she was, she was insane. She... She was a curandera, she was a nurse, she was a mother, she was a daughter, a, she was an dati, and she faced so much, um, so much struggle, and she faced so much abuse from Catholicism, and to another extent that I can't even imagine, um, all I know is the shaming, the words of my fa family, sometimes they would get violent, but not in the way, um, Not to me in the way that they abused her. Not at all. And it's crazy to see how these things still happened. Down to three generations. No, four generations. That kept happening with my great-grandma. My, 
my grandma, my mom, and my my sisters and I. And yeah, the way I do witchcraft is I'm thinking of her, I'm honoring her, I'm making her, letting her know that she wasn't in the wrong, letting her know that, hey, it's okay, but yes, that shit was fucked up. And she would help women get um, abortions when they were being, a, when they wanted to leave their abusive husband and think what you want about abortions, I don't care. Um, she wasn't thinking of, of that, she was thinking of helping a woman, she was thinking of helping someone, she was there for her community. And she would help uh, during the, the AIDS outbreak. My mom would tell me the story that you guys heard. Like there was these, um, there was these guys, unos jóvenes. And she would care for them. She would give them food. She would tend to their um, sores and anything. She would give them medicine. And she was the only one who would get near them because they had AIDS. And well, she was a nurse. She knew, she was like, oh, that doesn't... That can't be transmitted if I just touch them. They're stupid. People who say that are stupid. And just the way that she always just... She was... <laughs> she was like, fuck the gringos. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel very connected to her. And I needed to make an episode about it. Because um, when I was thinking of what to record, I was like, what do I record? And what do I write? So I started scripting. And the first thing that came out... Hang on. Look, this is the first thing that came out. My great... Grandma Socorro Huitron was a nurse and a witch. And then I think I looked up and there was like an, an angel number. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna make my episode about her. Yay! Yeah, I I know she's watching over me in a way. I don't feel her gone. I think she's very much alive in me. So, ah! Okay. Thank you so much for watching another episode of Malcriada Thoughts of a Girl in a Sick World. And what a sick, sick world it is. Hey, but you're still here and you're still cute and you're still fighting. But don't worry, you're not gonna go to hell. It doesn't exist. This is your host, Sadria Knives, signing off.